Rob Reichel on that Forbes.com and Conley Media. Ooh-wee. Robbie, Packers coverage. My man. What's up, Robbie? Could you imagine playing a guitar like that? I mean, that's... Well, Rob, you basically you you play the you play the the pen or the keyboard like a guitar like that, Robbie, with your your Packers uh, you're, coverage, you're, man. You're very kind, but can you imagine the mood? The, the, the you know wh- whoever put us all on this earth was in the day he made Jimmy Page and that that, that gift and ability to play a, to play a guitar that way, unbelievable. Rob, would you say you're the Jimmy Page of sports no. writing, the Robert, no. the Robert no. Plant? No, no. Very nice of you to say. There, there, there is there is one Robert Plant. There is one Jimmy Page. There was one Bonzo. You know, there's one of all these guys, my man. The nope. the John nope. Paul Jones, the bassist. The JPJ, you got it, buddy. Yep, no question. As long as nope. you are not the John, as long as you're not the John Bonham of drinking, we'll be okay, Rob. The, 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 yeah, isn't isn't that the truth, boy? <laughs> can you imagine the next ten years of music we would have got out of those guys? Uh. But, uh, the drink. It is what it, it, is, what it is. It is so, what it is. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Robbie, I mean, some say, you know, Led Zeppelin, one of the greatest bands. Aaron Rodgers saying Bill Belichick, the greatest coach. Uh, how great can a coach be when you feel the team like the New England Patriots that got coming out of Lambeau? Brian Hoyer, is he's going to be the quarterback, right? I mean, there's no way Mac Jones is back from that high ankle sprain, right? He is going to be the quarterback, no question about it. Um, no, Rodgers is right on that one. I mean... I, I would argue he's the greatest. Mike McCarthy? Oh. I mean, your, your guy might be a close second, Evo, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I may, may, maybe flip a coin some days. But, uh, <laughs> no, that, you know, that, that, that might have been the highlight of the Mike McCarthy era is when Bill, Chet, Bill, when Bill Belichick praised him so, uh, you know, gloriously back in, I mean, in 2014 after, yeah. after the Packers beat him at, at, in, in Lambeau that day, 26 was all Mike. But, all Mike? All Mike, baby. Yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't hurt that he had uh, – you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback and five outstanding Who Mike McCarthy Crowder, made, right? by the way. Who Mike McCarthy made. Was, yes, yeah. Mike McCarthy made Aaron Rodgers. No question. <laughs> just, just, I'll tell you what, Evo, the next time you talk to the quarterback, you ask him that question. I would love to. Uh, I, I'll, bring, I'll bring a book with him called Nobody's Underdog. Story of Mike McCarthy, Ravi. I'll just, I'll just tell you this. The, the quarterback gets a little prickly when that uh, topic gets suggested. <laughs> Get me so, in that locker room uh, right now, Rob. I'll do it. Absolutely. Well, get get over there this week. Get over there next week. We'll 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 take team and have some fun with it. Um, no, <laughs> hey, six Super Bowl rings in in this era, guys of you know free agency and salary cap, and you're you're turning over a third of the roster, you know, every single year. Um, I mean, I get it. He's he had the all time greatest winning quarterback in in his back pocket for twenty of those years, and. And that you know, and, and and things have not gone swimmingly since since Tom Brady left, and um, I'm I'm not sure they had any type of succession plan in place to to move on from Brady, and you know they they rolled the dice obviously on Mac Jones, and we're waiting to see on that. I I'd say it's been okay, not great by any means, and um, yeah, you, you, you know Packer Nation's going to see Hoyer come come Sunday, Ebo. Um, you know, everybody around Madison certainly remembers his days back at Michigan State, you know, 15, 16, 18, 18 years ago when he played there in the mid 80s, or I'm sorry, the mid 2000s. And, um, you know, an undrafted guy. But, you know, surprisingly, Evo, this, this guy's got a winning record as a starting quarterback. And, and I know a lot of it's been done with a great football team behind him. And, and this is not a great New England team by any stretch of the imagination. But, but I think Hoyer has won about 55, 56% of his games, Evo. And, he has like 75 career starts, which, which shocked me the other day when, when I went and looked up that number that he, that he's actually started that many uh, NFL games. But uh, 
you know, it, it, it'll, it'll be a drop-off. Vegas clearly didn't think it was that big of a drop-off. They only moved the, the line of point when, uh, we, when we learned it went from Mac Jones to, to Brian Hoyer. I mean, either way, you're looking at a Packer team that, that's a 10-11 point favorite when, when the dust settles come Sunday. And it, it, it's a game they, they clearly should win. But, um, you know, you, you certainly saw again in the second half down in Tampa, there's there's still some real warts with this Packer team, and they've got to get them figured out primarily on the offensive side of the football, Evo. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Robbie. How much did we learn from that win down in Raymond James Field against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, that offense was absolutely humming to start the game, and the defense and special teams is what won them for him. Uh, Rob, is it is it a Matt LaFleur adjusting problem? Is it an Aaron Rodgers problem? Like, what is the What's up with the offense? Well, it's probably a combination of the two, but I would still pin more of it on on Matt LaFleur because, you know, the, the, you know, when, when you are the head coach of a football team, everything falls under your umbrella and that that's where it starts. And, you know, Rogers, Rogers has always played extremely well when things are on script, especially at the start of the game, Ebo and, and Matt LaFleur has coached that way too. You've, you've seen their offense several times in the LaFleur era, come out, come out humming and then stumble in the second half. And, and, and they're really stumbling this year for whatever reason, Ebo, they've, They've played three football games so far, and they have 10 points in the second half. Yeah, that's tough. Um, that's tough. You know, that's at, at 3.3 points a game. Now, they're only averaging 16 points a game the way it is. But I'll, I'll tell you what, guys, you know, you, you, you they've scored 48 points in, in three games. You take away that second quarter against the Bears when they had 21. I mean, that, that's almost half of their point total for the season in one quarter there that they scored against Chicago. So, I mean, we all talked all through the off season guys, every time we would do this on a Thursday and all through training camp. And we said this offense probably would struggle early in the year. And it was going to be a work in progress. And, and it, it, it might look tremendous. Now, obviously Packer nation is crossing their fingers on this one, but I mean, I, I, I would guess Evo, it's going to look dramatically better come November and December than it, yeah. than it looks today as Rogers gets more in sync with these young wide receivers specifically. But um, you know, right now, this is the blueprint for them to win football games. I mean, they're scoring Evo right now 16 points a game. They're allowing 15. We, we said it was going to be an elite-level defense. Um, the offense was going to struggle. I didn't think it was going to struggle quite to this level, Evo. I think they're 27th in the league right now in points. I mean, you've, you've got to go back to the Randy Wright era, uh, you know, to – to find a time or, or the, or the year right before Favre got there when Mikowski was injured in 91, when, when they were 27th in the league in points, um, they're not going to stay there. I, I wouldn't guess when it's all said and done, Evo. but, but again, I, I, I don't know that, at the, you know, at the end of the day that this is an offense that's going to get, you know, a much higher than 15th, 18th, 20th. in a lot of these key statistical categories, they're, an, they're, they're a team that's going to win. And, and we've said this all along defense first, um, that was that fourteen twelve game the other day. Um, I, I had a lot of people whine and complain to me that they didn't find it very interesting. I, I love I it. I, 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 I love a game like that, blood and guts and old school, and you know points are at a premium. And when Green Bay gets a touchdown oh. early in that game, you know you you know just how vital and critical that that's going to wind up being. And in the grand scheme of things, unlike some of these forty four forty one games you'll see around the league. And, and, and that, that just, I, I think at least for the next month or so, Ebo, that's probably how Packer football is going to look.
Well, Robin, look how, and I've said this a lot this week, look at all the demons that they have exercised. Uh, They're in the state of Florida, which they struggled. They beat Tom Brady, and they beat the referees trying to gift Tom Brady with some delay of games at the end, right? Or the phantom, like, running into the punter call. Uh, You had a defense that won it for you, and your special teams look good. I mean, what what more do cheeseheads want? I mean, I get it that you want the offense humming, but they exercised five demons down there in Florida. Like, I thought it was a great, gritty win for the Packers. They want every game to be 59 nothing. They still complain about that, of, too. They still complain. To, to pick up the phone and call you about it, Evo. Absolutely. And I'll gladly no, take their calls, Robbie. I'll gladly take uh, them. Well, I, I, I know you will, and, and, and that's why your ratings are, are through the rough, and rightfully yep. so. Yep. And that's why you put on the best talk show in Madison oh, day Rob, after you're, day. You're you, too you and your pal there. You're too, um, see, I'm, I'm giving you compliments. You're giving me compliments. We love it, Rob. We love it. You're very handsome as well, Robbie. You know, he, well, I, I do. I do appreciate that, and I, I, I can't hold a candle to you, my man. You got great. You got great genetics as well. I see your kids out there. Regional <laughs> golf conference tournament tenement. I mean, the world needs more Reichels. They're probably not going to get any more. At least out of <laughs> at least out of this guy. But uh, no, you know, I, I mean, Evo, back to your initial question. I mean, it's, it's a very, very spoiled fan base. I mean, Tampa's a top three team in the league. Now, I get it. They didn't have Evans. They didn't have Godwin. They didn't have Jones. Does Tampa win the game with those guys? Probably, but they didn't have them, right? So we're we're never going to know those answers. I mean, Green Bay in the NFC title game last year didn't have Bakhtiari and some other key players, right? And, you know, injuries are just part of the league, and there's no guarantee if the Packers and Buccaneers collide in the postseason later on, and I would assume they will, Ebo, at some point in time. There's there's no guarantee to who's on Tom Brady's side when when that rolls along. Now, the the bottom line is Green Bay got an enormous win down there, and and I think these are a couple of teams that are going to post somewhere between, oh, I don't know, let's call it 12 and 14 wins when it's all said and done, and that win, Ebo, that Green Bay had on, uh, on Sunday is going to be critical in terms of who plays where in January. So, Rob, looking uh, ahead of this, I don't want to get too far ahead. I'll get your predictions coming up what's going to happen Sunday at Lambeau. But I'm looking at the quarterback carousel coming up here. Uh, Brian Hoyer Sunday. Then you fly to London to take on Daniel Jones. He stinks. And then you go October 16th. <laughs> you're back at Lambeau, and you got maybe Joe Flacco, maybe Zach Wilson if he's not too busy hitting on Cougars. And then after that, you go to Washington to take on terrible name, the Commanders, and Carson Wentz, who just... These things too. I mean, look at these next four games, Rob. Uh, is it unrealistic to say four and zero for the Packers before they get Josh Allen and the Bills? Oh, it's not unrealistic. I mean, they'll be at least a touchdown favorite in every game, right? I mean, eleven, I think this week. London's tricky, right? I mean, there's going to be a lot of variables and wild cards there, just with the flights and everybody's going to be a little bit off schedule and and off kilter and stuff like that. But I'm sure Vegas will at least make Green Bay a touchdown favorite. They'll be they'll be a ten to fourteen point favorite based on you know injuries and things like that against in all likelihood Zach Wilson and the, and the Jets uh, two weeks from this weekend, Ebo, and and they'll be at least a touchdown favorite when they go to Washington to you know to play Carson Wentz and 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 that football team. So no, I mean it's the six and one is looking very very possible and and like. I've said all along on your show, I, I thought they would start the year one and two. I thought they were going to lose those sure. first two road games. Um, you know, I, you know, no, no, let's be honest. If Mike Evans plays last week, does Tampa win? He might be enough to put Tampa over the edge, but it, it, it didn't happen. So Green Bay sitting there right now, two and one, uh, has, has an unbelievably terrific opportunity if, if things go according to plan and, you know, there aren't any significant injuries that, that a month from now we're talking here, Ebo, and, and they're six and one, and, and nobody – Nobody remembers that stinker again in week one against Minnesota, much like last year. Nobody remembered the clunker against New Orleans 
until we brought it up again all summer long when when Matt Lafleur decided not to play his people uh, through the course of the of the preseason. If if, if they wind up being six and one, Evo, when this is all said and done, the trade off or you know kind of giving your starters in in large part the summer off and and almost treating that Viking game as your first preseason game of the year. I think anybody would take that again in a heartbeat. Robbie, before we let you go, which is the worst part of my Thursdays is when I hang up on you. It's tough. But Rob, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm serious. What happens Sunday for the conclusion of the game against the Patriots? You know, it's going to be a game, obviously, where New England tries to control the ball and clock. They've got a couple of pretty good running backs. They'll, they'll, they'll do short and intermediate stuff with Hoyer. They don't have an elite level wide receiver. They've got some okay ones. The tight end combo they have is pretty good, so they'll probably try to put, you know feature the tight end in in this offense. But at the end of the day, you know you, you saw Tampa do this last week, Evo against Green Bay, right? Green Bay made a living early in that game on short and intermediate stuff, and eventually Tampa just took that away and said, "Try to beat us over the top." And for the most part, Rodgers and that group of wide receivers couldn't, and and that's how this will play out. I would expect New England maybe hangs around for the better part of a half. Maybe even less, Ebo. Um, it, it's probably what, what's the line right now? Eleven. Uh, I think it's on nine. And, it was nine and a half, Rowdy. Yeah, I think it's nine and a half. Okay, so it's, it's, it's been hanging in there. It, it's one of those games. Now, I I was going to pick twenty-seven, seventeen, Green Bay guys with New England getting a late one. Um, it, I think it's going to be. You, may, you remember when Big Ben came to town last year and Green Bay kind of controlled that game? It was twenty-seven, ten, and yeah. Ben got a late score to make it 27-17. I think it's going to be similar to that, guys. Um, so that, that line's going to be really close when it's all said and done. It could be one of those tricky games where New England gets the backdoor cover. But uh, but it, but it's also a game, guys, where I think Green Bay has a comfortable lead through most of that second half and and uh, probably close to a, anywhere from a two- to three-score win. So I, I, would, I would certainly expect by 7 o'clock Sunday night, Green Bay sitting Sitting pretty at three and one, guys. Love it, Robbie, and love you. Before uh, we do let you go, any words of advice for Craig Council <laughs> as the Brewers are just a half game behind the Phillies now for that final wild card spot? Well, somebody obviously told him you don't only have to use a closer in the ninth inning, huh? What a what a what a remarkable concept that Craig picked up on here on on yep. September twenty eighth. Yep. He's a trailblazer. Twenty two. Well, I mean, it's almost like he's reinventing baseball. Um, <laughs> I, that was after pulling his pitcher, by the way, who was absolutely dealing at no at ninety eight pitches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, again, he's saving Brandon Woodruff to uh, to be the Yankees ace here in a couple of years, isn't he? It's very, very nice of counsel to, to do the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers such a solid, right, by by saving Woody and Burns all these years. You 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 know my belief on counsel. Somehow, the, somehow this them. is going to go. Somehow this is going to go south in the next week. I know it shapes up beautifully with all these home games against garbage teams. But at, but at the end of the day, I, you know, uh, Rob, I'm, I'm just I, gonna, have, I have no faith in that manager. <laughs> I'm going to come full circle here uh, and just say uh, back to football really quickly. Any words of advice for Paul, Chris, and the Badgers as they welcome in Brett Bielema and Illinois to the camp? No words of advice. Just get it figured out quickly because <laughs> I'll tell you what, if, if, if it's ugly on Saturday afternoon, then, then you're going to have uh, – you're, you're going to have a hundred thousand people roaming around Regent and State Street, uh, you know, look, look, looking for Paul Christ and looking for Chris McIntosh. It's, the, na- the natives are getting restless, and I, I know the athletic director there seemingly has the football coaches back, and we'll, we'll let this season play out and and all that kind of stuff. But boy, if if, if he takes another body blow or, or a TKO against Brett Bielema, 
it's going to get really ugly in Madison quickly. Robbie, if this wild card chase goes to the last game Wednesday night, can us three be in attendance? Can we make yeah, that let's happen? Do that. Yeah, yeah, let's make that happen for sure. We'll we'll be we'll be part of the seventy two hundred people at uh, at Miller Park that night. <laughs> Robbie, we love, Robbie, we love you, man. Uh, Forbes.com, Conley Media, Rob Reichel, Twitter. You the man, Rob. We love you. <laughs> All right, guys. You have a great weekend. Love you too. See you. Uh, been looking at a lot of film here on the um, on the Packers. Uh, you know, just start off with um, you see the film scan the scoreboard and you see those names up there and the great players and coaches that they've had there. Really brings back a lot of memories and appreciation for you know what this franchise has done and uh, how great they've been. You know, Isbell and Hinkle, Hudson, Lambeau, Lombardi. You just go right down the line and you look at the Packers' last couple of years and you know number one seed in the NFC. It's a really good football team, well coached, well balanced. I think we saw that last week in the Tampa game. You know, defensively in the kicking game, a you know, solid performance, and of course, you know, offensively, this is a great, great, great quarterback. Good running backs, good skill players, very efficient offensively. Schedule, know what they're doing. They're well coached, they execute well. <laughs> Bill Belichick walking down the shadow of the Valley of Lambeau Field in the history. Uh, this guy's a gangster right here, too. Our guy Mike Clem is in the house. What's up, Mike? Yeah, Bill Belichick, uh, you know, future Hall of Famer, legendary coach already, and uh, finishes the comments there with the big snort. Thank you very much, court coach. You know, that's a that's a nasal problem. You know, you're making enough money. You could probably, you know, see a, a sinus doctor and get that yeah. fixed. Hey, our guy Rowdy over here uh, got his deviated septum fixed. What was that? A couple he, of years ago, Rowdy. Yeah. I mean, you know, because he gets it done. Because he gets it done. So. No, I thought Mike or Rowdy was going in for the Michael Jackson, you know, rhinoplasty nose, but it turned out it was it was for uh, his deviated septum. So, yeah, that's, that's what it was, Mike. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mike, what's going on, man? What, how are we living? Pretty good. Um, I was just looking at the uh, uh, Patriots, uh, other things that Bill's got on his mind, like uh, Lawrence Guy. Lawrence Guy was a seventh-round pick from Ted, I think it was 2011. So, you know, they'd just come off a Super Bowl. And so they still had, you know, B.J. Raji, and they had all this great depth on the defensive line. And he was just kind of a kid that was lost out there, so they released him. And I think he went to the Colts for a cup of coffee and then maybe the Chargers. But Belichick picked him up in 2017, and Lawrence Guy is still playing. Wow. He's still there. He's you know been getting rings with the Patriots. He's dealing with a shoulder injury and wasn't on, on the practice field. But Lawrence Guy is one of the very few guys <laughs> – uh, you know, in the last 15 years or longer since the Ted Thompson Goody era, where uh, they, you know, they let a guy go and he actually went on and become became a pretty good player later on. There's a few others that have, you know, gotten starting jobs. Uh, Casey Hayward is the, the probably everybody said, look at Casey Hayward. He becomes this great corner. Why, you know, and we're stuck here with Kevin King and. Demarius Randall and these other knuckleheads. When Ted let uh, Casey go, it was it was time. It'd been three or four years. He was constantly injured, and then you know Casey finally got a break and did pretty good. But anyways, Lawrence guy right now not at practice because he's dealing with an ankle injury. Man, hey, speaking of uh, speaking of injuries, Mike and, and ankle injuries, what's going on with that quarterback, Mac Jones? Yeah. <laughs> did you oh. did you? I, I I mean, Bill Belichick. He he's pretty tight lipped on things, is he not? Yeah, I guess. Um, 
You know, he came out yesterday uh, with that preamble about the history of the Green Bay Packers. You know, I mean, he's talking about Cecil Isabel and, you know, guys that are on the, the, the ring of fame inside Lambeau that he could see on his film of the games and whatnot. Um, and I think he's also got film of that place because he can find out where they can put the spy cameras. But anyway, <laughs> um, Mac Jones, you've seen the picture of him going down the tunnel and being helped and the excruciating pain he's yeah, in. Yeah, not good. Yeah, and, you know, and of course he was nowhere to be found on the practice field, but, you know, hey, there's a chance. There's a chance he could play. So Belichick was asked about the status of quarterback Mac Jones with what appears to be a high ankle, high ankle sprain. Saw Mac a little while ago, um, definitely getting better. Probably won't practice today. Made a lot of progress here in the last, whatever, 48 hours. Keep plugging away and take that day by day, see how it goes. Do you expect Mac to start on Sunday for you guys? Take it day by day. Is the plan built for Mac to have any kind of procedure to... Day by day, Phil. Day by day. That's the plan. Day by day. Does he have a high ankle sprain? Day by day. What do I look like? A doctor? An orthopedic surgeon? Like, I don't know. Talk to the medical experts. What are the medical experts on staff said? <laughs> day by day. Good question. Well, evaluate him, Dave. I mean, what difference does it make to me? What do you, do you think I'm going to read the MRI? That's not my job, so... But it's theirs, and they, they talk to you about it, right? Yeah, it's day by day. It's getting better day by day. See, see how it is tomorrow. It's a lot better than it was yesterday. See what it is. Mike, I think it's day by day for Mac Jones. Have uh, what I understood about 12 times from Bill Belichick? It's day by day? You know, you could put Bill on the set at the NFL Network and talk about the 100 you know, greatest players of all time, and he seems like a really down-to-earth guy, you know, and he really appreciates players and certainly the history of the game and stuff. But, you know, I mean, he sounds like kind of a weird junior high, you know, physics teacher or something, doesn't he? He's just he's one of those weird guys. Like, you know, he lives alone. He doesn't get out much. He's got a, he's got a yacht. He's, this guy is set up for life. <laughs> and, but, hey, he's just living life day by day, Mike, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, day you know, by day. What do I, look I like don't know doctor? how those guys do it. I don't know how Mike Rice and you know Greg Bedard, who you know used to cover Packers for the Journal and now is out there in Boston. I don't know how they put up with that. But I mean, I've, I've actually been told that uh, Belichick will actually come out to the side and he'll talk to people and all that. But that's I know how they put up with it, Mike. Day by that's day, quite the clown show out there. But you know, that's Bill <laughs> Belichick, and he's got you know he's got enough rings to almost fill up both hands. So uh, it's going to be Brian Hoyer journeyman quarterback who actually there was a time there looked like he might be a starter for the Cleveland Browns and so you know he was asked about is he looking forward to playing in Green Bay since the last time he was here uh, remember there was that time he was playing for the Bears and Jay Cutler was out so here's all excited he sees the starting quarterback for the Bears this is back in I think it was 2016 and he ends up breaking his left arm, and they had to pull him from that game. Uh, this is his return to Lambeau Field. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get a chance to play at Lambeau, I think that's a pretty cool experience. It's a historic place, um, a historic organization. Obviously, my first and only time didn't, I didn't get to finish it off the way I'd like um, due to the injury. But um, it's, it's a great opportunity. I mean, anytime you get to go in there and play, you know, they're obviously a great team, have gone – you know, deep in the playoffs for how many years, a great quarterback in Aaron, um, their defense, I mean, you look at all around, very solid, whether it's the D-line, the linebackers, the defensive backs. Um, you know, it's it's a, a unique challenge. I mean, I think 
I heard today they're like 13 and two in their last 15 home games. So it's obvious a hostile environment to go into, but it's always a great opportunity to you know to see where you're at too. Yeah, Brian Hoyer, man, he is a, a pro's pro. He's been in the league what 14 over 14 years. I don't know how many teams. Like he's he can win you a game. I just don't know if he's winning Sunday at Lambeau. Well, you know, and you think he's a really smart guy, particularly if he's, you know, working for Bill Belichick as a backup quarterback for the last couple of years. He's 36 years old. Um, and so then yesterday he had this kind of a, a kind of a senior moment with the Patriots. Uh, talking to the reporters yesterday, but listen to this. You know, so for me, if, if I get to take more practice reps, that obviously is beneficial. Um, you know, and hopefully you take that. You know, Coach Belichick always says, uh, practice, what is it? Um, practice, per- practice, perform. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> practice execution becomes game day reality. I know Julian likes to use that one a lot. So, yeah, I've heard it a million times. So, um, you know, that's that's obviously hope it translates to that. You think Belichick made to go run laps after uh, messing up his phrase? He he just said I've heard it a million times, and then when he starts to say it, he can't remember it. I mean, <laughs> time out, time hey, out. Man. Some people forget some things. We're up on that podium, Mike. You know. Yeah. So that's your quarterback up against you know Aaron Rodgers, who we talked at length you know yesterday about how great he is at clock management. So anyway, one thing that's on the mind of the league, the NFL, they've already put out a contingency plan after this Ian hurricane hits Florida that uh, if Raymond James Stadium, where the Packers just played on Sunday afternoon, if they can't get folks into Tampa and all that because of the hurricane, they they could move the game to U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. That's not a done deal. They're yeah. waiting to see you know, how the recovery or just what the situation is. Uh, but that would be a huge game. I mean, you know, you get people in Minnesota be scrambling to buy tickets to watch Patrick Mahomes go against Tom Brady. That'll probably sell out pretty good, you know. Definitely. Uh, and then last night, last night, Evo, um, uh, uh, Devondre Campbell does like a weekly or biweekly radio show just for like an hour or so. And he brings along Quay Walker as his guest, and he's, he's talking. And then the question pops up, you know, hey, uh, Devondre, now – You've got family in Florida, right? I mean, you're originally you're from Florida. Um, whereabouts? And he said, Fort Myers. Mm. And it's like, oh, my God. You know, you could, I mean, there was TVs there yeah. in the sports bar Crazy. That, that showed that big red hurricane bearing down on it. Yeah. He said, yeah, my family opted to stay home. They're, they, they're, they're in the house. He said, when I was a kid growing up in 2004, Hurricane Charlie hit. There's a lake in back of our house. He said it, it, it crested the lake. The water came up, you know, to a, a foot or so above our patio door. And, you know, there's alligators swimming around outside their patio. Wow. All, all, all kind of this weird <laughs> wildlife rushes in from, like, out in the ocean when these things hit. So, you know, that's got to be a distraction for other players as well. I mm-hmm. remember talking to Favre when Katrina hit, and he'd been up for two nights during training camp watching coverage on the Weather Channel because he, he had not been able to reach his mother, who later they found out later in the week his mom and his grandmother were trapped up in the attic because the first floor of their house was washed away. All of his high wow. school, some of his college trophies, all washed out to shore from, from Kiln, Mississippi. So, And another situation is I go to Randall Cobb, who missed all last week with an illness, and uh, but then they, they you know he was active on Saturday and and he played in the game and he he had that one tremendous catch 
Uh, it was a great laser pl- uh, just on the left hash mark, and Rodgers, to me, doesn't throw it over the middle very much, but Randall turned it into a 40-yard gain, and it showed some pretty good speed. So I asked him, you know, during the week away from the facility, did that make him you know, better on game day, just mentally, or fresh legs, or whatever, and, and he talked about it. No, it wasn't. We've been running that place for years. I got, I could put a highlight reel together of just that concept alone. Uh, you know, it's, it's really just an RPO. We were uh, reading the background that play and, and seeing if he was going to flow with the uh, with the run action. And if he if he stays back and hangs back, then we'll hand the ball off. Uh, if he, he flows, and Aaron will get it out to me quick. Um, and he kind of slow played it. He actually heard it was either the nickel or the safety told him, "Hey, they're reading you. They're reading you." So he tried to bait Aaron into throwing it, and you know he was he read it correctly. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he throws darts, <laughs> but we catch him. Yeah. So, but then he told me he told me right there. He had COVID. The Rones? Yeah, he Cobb had COVID last week. He mm. said it hit him so bad one night he slept for thirteen hours. Totally wiped him out. Oofta. But uh, you well, know, glad he came back to, and was able to you know be productive. You know, so. yeah, rallied and was you know able to, able to get you know some snaps in and a couple of big plays in the win over the Buccaneers. Yeah, old, the old reliable Randall Cobb. I, I love to see a, a veteran like that, especially you know the connection he has with Aaron Rodgers succeed. It's so nice, good, good story. And I have his his picture behind me, Mike. It's autographed, hanging in the studio, so that's nice. Too. So uh, Rodgers um, was in, like in the best mood ever yesterday, and um, I think he feels pretty good, seriously, from where they're at. You know, to get that win against the Buccaneers, and this maybe sort of check that you know check that off. And yeah, probably that you know, hey, now there's a there's a chance here you know, that they can get back to normal on their offensive line with Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari as your you know starting tackles. Are you kidding me? And even though Bakhtiari was limited in snaps, I mean he had 35 and Yash Nyman uh, had 27 as they platooned as they went back and forth and back and forth at left tackle. Um, Bakhtiari graded very high. Uh, he did very well with his 35 snaps, according to Luke Butkus his uh, offensive line coach. So uh, Tim Van Voren from Fox 6 in Milwaukee asked Rodgers at the end of it, you know, he took like 25 questions again. He's been very generous with his time. Tim said, um, you know, do you prepare for these things? Do you, you know, does Tom Fanning, the PR guy that you see walking alongside with Rodgers on the sidelines or on the field after a game, does does he prep you for this? And he, uh, Rodgers uh, uh, took uh, took aim at some of the people in the media in, in a joking way. Here's what he said. For this session? Yeah. No, Tom gives me a little sheet of paper with some ideas about what questions. I usually peruse them. Tom, I do. But, uh, you know, I know what's out there because Tom doesn't leave me alone on some specific things he really feels like I need to see, which usually gets swipe left and red button pushed. But, uh, but no, I enjoy the, I enjoy the conversation. Um, I've been doing this long enough. I have an idea. You know, you can ask about, you know, Bill and ask about their defense and ask about a couple of specific guys. And if Stephanie's here, you know what questions she's going to ask. <laughs> you know, you just you get, used to, get used to the flow. You know Mike's going to do a 10-second, 50-second lead-in on his question. Is that you, Mike? <laughs> you know Spoon's going to yeah. jump in right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, he said Aaron Rodgers take a little swipe at you. Hilarious. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I, sometimes my questions get a little long. I admit it. I, no, I mean that's how you set up a good question, Mike. You have to have the lead in. You got to get to draw the, the attention in and you get him.
but he's you know he's just joking. He was it was great. That's it awesome. was great. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know. So it shows, and for you know a guy who, you know, the whole COVID thing, you know, and like, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm immune or whatever the hell he said. Immunized. Um, yeah, yeah. There was you know, uh, that was an awkward moment, and he keeps on going on to like McAfee's show and complaining about the media. And I really think I think. He's talking more about what you know, guys on ESPN on national shows say or make up about him and all that and, and all that. But I do know one thing that's on his mind is their defensive front. This Matthew Judon is their wide, their weak side linebacker, and then over on the left side at the defensive end, usually with his hand on his grounds, is Dietrich Wise. Both those guys have each got about four quarterback sacks, hits on the quarterback. So he's been looking at a lot of tape of those guys. Uh, and talking to Josh Myers about declarations, improving his declarations, and getting him some pass protection. Mike, I can't wait to hear uh, more questions that you give the Rodgers after they, in my opinion, beat, uh, not Tom Brady, but the Patriots and Brian Hoyer, Bill Belichick on Sunday. Uh, We'll check you out tomorrow on the Bill Michaels Show. Also next week, my brother Mike, we love you. Uh, I'm going to go longer than Belichick with my questions. That's what I'm going to do. Just take it day by day, okay, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) See you, Mike. There is Mike Clemens. Good stuff. George! My man, what's up, brother? Hey, Ebo, what's a Bloody Mary without some liquor in there? You oh, know what I'm saying? Oh, what's a Bloody Mary without any time of the day or night, the anytime drink? George, out of Nesson, out of Boston, I've missed you like the desert misses the rain, my friend. How are we doing? Catch us up on life. What's good? We're doing great. We're doing great. Everything in Boston is going well outside of the sports world, outside of the Boston Bruins, but... Pats are off to an interesting start. The Boston Celtics have had more turmoil than any team would want before their season even began. And the Sox have been eliminated for a few days now. So, (laughs) you know what? As much as everyone's looking forward to this matchup in Green Bay, for the Pats going to Lambeau and playing and seeing the Packers and Patriots play, which are two of the top franchises, I don't think it's going to go that well for New England, but overall, everything else is going well in Boston. My man. Uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into that uh, this matchup here coming up Sunday at Lambeau. But first, uh, speaking of a Bloody Mary, uh, you were were you in where were you in Colorado? Were you in Denver? Where was that that wedding? I had a wedding two hours outside of Colorado, and ironic enough, it was one of my best friends I met when I was living in Madison. Really? And my my flight was out of Denver late Sunday, so I'm like, hey, let's go downtown and watch the games. We're just driving along. And we see this place called Wally's Wisconsin Tavern. Walk in, Packers games everywhere, Badgers, Packers. And they have bocce ball courts in the middle. But what's genius on Sundays, they clear out those tables, put lawn chairs, and you sit down like you're tailgating at Lambeau Field and watch the Packers play. It was brilliant. Beautiful. And I got to say, dude, I saw the fit you were rocking. Damn. You were one well-put-together individual, George. I just have to say that. Jeez, mister. Hey, coming from you, that means a ton. You know, when in Colorado, you got to bring out the flannel. When in Rome, my friend. Yeah, you know, or like you know. in Wisconsin, you know, you got to bring out the flannel. Hey, well, uh, real quick, oh, exactly. George, I was in Denver not too long, a couple months ago, and as soon as I touched down, we were looking for like a place to get some food and a drink, and we were talking to some shopkeeps, and they're like, "Oh, where are you from?" I'm like, "From Wisconsin." I just flew in, and they're like, "Oh, you got to go to this bar, the Badger Tavern. It's identical to a Wisconsin bar." I'm like. I literally just came from Wisconsin to Denver. I, I'm trying not to be in Wisconsin. <laughs> hey, what's the what's the flannel scene like in Boston? Is it like I actually have a flannel on today right now? What's the flannel scene like in Boston, George? You, you know what? It's actually pretty top notch. But right now, it's not that weather yet. We're still sitting like mid seventies. I don't. I haven't checked the weather in Madison in a while, but a little warmer 50s. than what you guys have. Yeah. But when it comes out, it's well. Wisconsin has a different type because for Boston, they lean more of the fashionable flannel. <laughs> 
Wisconsin, <laughs> Hang on, we lean more. We lean more practical, but also fashionable. You mean to tell me that even when it gets even colder, that the blaze origin camouflage that you see everywhere, especially at Lambo, is not fashionable in Boston? Oh, that's actually what I'm wearing right now. Real Tree is my favorite brand. The camo with the stick design and the neon orange. That's what I wear all the time. I love it. Hey, George, uh, do you love covering Bill Belichick and Oppressor? He said uh, day-to-day about Mac Jones, what, 12 times in his presser yesterday. What's it like to kind of, you know, try to peel back the layers of onions to get an answer out of Bill Belichick on the podium? Hey, you got to kind of have no fear, and you're going to be like, look, you know, so here's the thing. Uh, in the preseason game, I was asking about play calling, and I got taken to school by Belichick, right? Next day I wake up, it's all over Instagram, all over Twitter, everyone calling me an idiot. Why are you asking those questions? Wow, you're a moron. <laughs> you have to not care about the Internet, which is like, you know, step number one in this industry overall. Oh, totally. But step two is also you try to, like, really, really pay attention to what he's saying and – be ready with a quick follow-up. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to ask a deep, intricate question. He's a smart guy. Ask him the right question. It doesn't have to be over-the-top IQ-wise, and he'll give you a good answer. But you have to be on top of your stuff. Like yesterday, he, he said day-by-day day with everything, right? And then he was asked point-blank, does Mac have an ankle sprain? And he says, I don't know. What do I look like, a doctor? No, you look like a football coach that would talk to the doctor that treated your starting quarterback. <laughs> Idiot. That's what, that's the point, like, what I'm feeling within me. But you got to dial it back and you say something like, well, what did the doctors that treated Max say to you? And then again, he said day by day. And at that point, you say, you know what, man? You go into your lair and you're going to lose to the Packers by 27. Ooh. And we'll take that. Okay, so okay, so Max, listen, I'm not a doctor either, but I'll play one on the the show over the line. I, from judging from Mac Jones and seeing him hobble off the field on one foot and then screaming in pain as they got to carry him once he gets off the field, and Rowdy over here, he's had a high ankle sprain. He said it hurt for months. I'm going to go out on a limb, even though I don't, I'm not an MD, and say he's not playing on Sunday. It's going to be Brian Hoyer, right? Yes, and I agree because also he was asked if Mac can't go, will it be Brian Hoyer? And he said yes. He confirmed that, but he didn't say that Mac won't go. And at the same time, the offensive coaching staff the day before was gleaming with praise for Brian Hoyer and their confidence how he can handle the offense. If Brian Hoyer wasn't an option, they'd be like, yeah, Brian's been great, but we're really excited about Mac's growth. So it's always reading between the lines sure. the weeks leading up. Sure. It's going to be, if I was a betting man, which I am, Ebo. Oh, I've seen I your picks. I've Brian seen your Hoyer. picks, man. You're hot. You're hot. Hey. Uh, it was a shaky start, but hey, we, we, we bounced back. We See, bounced it's back about the journey. Ahead. It's about the friends you made along the way, okay? It's about the journey. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. so, George, uh, looking at New England, now, I don't believe that they're going to be beating the Packers, but I'd say that about any team that would be you know, coming into Lambeau or Packers on the road. Uh, if there is a chance of New England beating the Packers, like what are we looking for from New England that would be an X factor to maybe get the best of the Packers? Like What, 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 is, what is good about the Patriots? It's their defense, and I'll give that for sure, especially their safeties. Now, Kyle Duggar, who's a third-year guy, he actually played D2 ball, but he's a dude that you could drop him into any era of the NFL, and he would be one of the top safeties in the league. So I'm, like, talking, like, even early 2000s, you know, mid-2000s, mid-90s, this kid can play. But at the same time, that's where a lot of their experience and athleticism is at and a lot of their depth. So why I like that for an X Factor, and this one is because – how healthy will Alan Lazard be? And as good as Dubs has been, he's still a rookie. He's still inexperienced, and he's still learning how to play NFL football, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Bill Belichick knows how to take the younger guys, the less experienced guys, out of the game. 
But to me, so it would be on their safety. It would be their defense overall. Then also their pass rush. What can a Dietrich Wise and Matt Judon do? But at the same time, as much as I'm leaning on the defensive line and the edge rushers for the Patriots, I know Bakhtiari is really starting to come back into the fold. LaFleur was working them back into rotating them in offensive line. And Elgin Jenkins is back. So that's what's big. To me, it's going to be on the defense. If the Patriots do win, it's going to be really, really ugly, like how that win was for the Packers on Sunday. But why I like Green Bay is that they had to win ugly even after the offense was rolling well, and they found a way to hold on and have a defensive stand. I love this defense, dude, and I'm talking about Green Bay's here. Like, okay. I, I really, really, really do. I love Kenny Clark. I love Devondre Campbell. I love what Quay Walker has become in the playmaker he is. And then on top of that, you guys have a great secondary and arguably the best corner in football. They're figuring out how to play in this zone, man, a little bit of both defense, and that's going to be really tough for this Patriots offense that has not found any sort of consistency and if there's glimpses of positive big plays, it's been flashes, and it hasn't been a consistent play-after-play play design and follow-through for them. Listen, George. George Belexi joining us right now. Fum on Twitter. Uh, George Belexi, B-A-L-E-K-J-I. Uh, beautiful, beautiful Twitter. You got it. You got it. George, you're, you're wearing the uh, orange and the camo right now. You're talking about Bloody Marys. Yeah, I know you got a bunch of flannels ready to go. You're loving the Packers and their defense. Uh, you're on air with me right now. Why don't you just move back to Madison, dude? I mean, let's just get it over with. You want to come back or what? It sounds like you love, you're in love with Wisconsin. You just coming back? Come on. Just fly off the team to Green Bay. I'll come pick you up, bring you back to Madison. What do you say? If I can live in your basement, yes. Done. With the cats. D- done. Well, actually, my... my my room, my bedroom is in the basement, so I'll just have to, you know, you can do the mega couch in the second floor with the. No, cats no, no, no. That's exactly no, no. That's exactly what I was going for. You know okay. what I'm saying? Well, he could stay down there you too. That's I got, I got a couch. You know, what, you know what bed I'm sleeping in. You'll have to kick the wife out. <laughs> done, done. All right, George. A lot of bromance, but how about this? Speaking of bromance, a little man love. Aaron Rodgers yesterday saying that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the NFL. Uh, do you agree with one Aaron Rodgers about that statement? Yeah. Yes, I don't agree with what his choices have been for his assistant coaches, especially on the offensive side this season. And I don't agree with his drafting. He's not the best GM ever. He's a really bad GM, actually, especially when it comes to drafting. But as a coach, he is the greatest coach of all time. There's no doubt about yes. that. All right, so, uh, George, before uh, we do let you go, um, and wish you were back in Madison, but, George, i got to ask, we got the NBA season coming up here. Uh, obviously, we uh, cover the Milwaukee Bucks, root for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, what is the uh, chaotic scene like for the Boston Celtics right now? Is this going to be kind of blowing up the Celtics as they are looking like to be a team that could be a force to be reckoned with? Like, what's the outlook of the Celtics right now? I'm not going to say so wouldn't blow them up. It's shock, but it's not panic of everything that's happened with Ime Udoka. Joe Mazzula, just 34 years old, taking over as an interim head coach, but they love him. He's a guy that's been around since 2019. And what made the Celtics great was their defense finally clicking. When they made a trade midseason, perfect example here, they got Derek White from the San Antonio Spurs. Can't shoot worth a lick, but can defend the hell out of the ball. When he arrived to Boston, Ime Udoka sent Derek White to Joe Mazzula. That's who you went to to learn the defense. This is now the guy to be the head coach. They may bring Jared Laranaga back, who was an assistant with the Clippers. And they also have Damon Stoudemire, who was the reason this backcourt was so successful last season. So they still have the guys in place. The one thing that will be the void is Ime Udoka brought leadership they didn't have. Because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum aren't there yet. Maybe Brown will be. Tatum is still far away from being that type of leader. So that's when stuff hits the fan. I'll be interested to see how Joe Mazzula responds. It won't blow them up. There's more shock than panic, but 
The East is stacked, man. Chris Middleton is going to be healthy again. The 76ers are healthy, and I will buy into their potential. And the Nets will only get better, too. So it's going to be a lot tougher this go-around, that's for sure. All right, so, George, uh, before I let you go, I was chuckling about this, you know, on your Insta and your TikTok as well, which I recommend everyone go follow because it's hilarious. And also some gambling picks, uh, some beautiful reports. But also, how's your fantasy football team doing this year so far? Uh, all right. In my, in my big money league, we're one and two. In my work league, we're 0-3. And, and then in my other league, which is my friends that I made throughout this industry, 3-0. and So we're a mix of everything. What and happened What happened with your league last year, though? Uh, what I saw happening on... Uh... Christian McCaffrey, number one overall. And I also took Chris Carson, third round. And then my fifth overall pick got injured, too. And I had the most points against in my league. So it was the worst storm possible. And what happened? Finishing? You finished last, correct? Finished last out of 12, had a run of lemonade stand. It was either run it for eight hours or sell 100 cups. I hit that 100-cup quota <laughs> five hours in because so I was you, not standing out in that heat. You had the, so tell the folks what you had to do. You had to set up a lemonade stand. And where was this? And what, and it, was, it was in my hometown of Wayne, New Jersey. I grew up on a lake, so we set it up on the lake, and it was about 88 <laughs> degrees outside, humid as heck, and I had to wear a full-on suit. Uh, selling lemonade. It was, but you know what? You know what I did, Ebo? And you know what we do, my friends? What? We turn losses into wins, and it went viral, and my league hates me for it, but I did it. I sold it. I got out of there, and I also got a free beer and free tequila out of running that stand out of pity from people, so it worked out. You're a habitual winner, just as I am, George. That's what it's all hey, about, e- baby. E- Ebo, real quick. Yeah. Last time I spoke to you, you were going for 315 on the deadlift. How easy did oh, it feel? Oh, bro, we're three plates. We're three, play, we're three plate club. We're three plate club. Uh, I'll put a video for you. We're three wheel club. That's, three wheels. Doesn't it feel I good? It. I love it. What do you got? What are you hitting today? What do you got in the gym today? Uh, did back yesterday. Today Same. I'm going to go more kettlebell focused, but I'm also going to work in some shoulders and arms. Beautiful, baby. Beautiful. George, always a pleasure. And uh, again, I wish you were back in Madison, but the closest I'll get right now is talking to you on here and also following all along on social media at George Belekshi, B-A-L-E-K-J-I, my man, George. Hey, Ben, can you just popped in any words uh, for Ben at all? Oh, I mean, just Jalen Hurts, that defense, the Eagles, I, I smell a Super Bowl. I really do. Well, losing in an NFC championship game to the Packers, you mean? Oh, yes, of course. Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry, sorry. Excuse yeah. me. I, I'm smelling an NFC championship. Uh, Lost. That's exactly. <laughs> George, we love you, man. Thanks so much. I love you guys. Also for Ben, Jack Cohn's name was floated as a possible guy for the Patriots to sign with Mac Jones going down. I don't think it's going to happen, but you always love to hear Jack Cohn's name. Ben, I think he's a little mic shy. George. Oh, yeah, Rowdy. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, don't worry. They have a guy named Bailey Zappi. He's always uh, going to be ahead terrible. of Jack Cohn. George, yeah, I've had yeah. a horrific day so far, and honestly, a horrific day that makes me feel a little better. What happened, George? Well, how can you have horrific? George is not talking about it's this. It's a long story. It's a beautiful day. I miss you, George. Though, you know, I might call back in within this hour for some therapy with Ben and Kay. Love it, dude. Tend to you know where he is, George. See you, buddy. Good oh, stuff. Love you guys. Later. <laughs> there he is, George Belichick out of Nesson. Good stuff, Ben. What's going on? I told you guys this would happen, man. Oh, the Phillies. Oh, I, the Phillies. I don't oh, know. No. There's a supreme lack of hope and faith in my you look life a little, right now. You look like Craig Council after a loss, like disheveled. It's, the it's hair's kind of a mess. really bad. It looks like you've been rubbing your face and like pain a little bit. You guys going to get swept by the Cubs today? I told you guys it would happen. It's an afternoon game. I knew it would happen. 
I don't really know what to say at this point. It's you're sad. still a half game. Well, with the tiebreaker, in the last five years, with the tiebreaker, you're a one and a half games up. In the last five years, there's not a team in the month of September worse than the Phillies. Last night, the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, all right. I know he came in later. And he he worked the walk, and he was part of the reason why in the eighth inning the Brewers scored three to put the game out uh, to beat the Cardinals on Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols' night with the Brewers honoring them. But do you think, what was it, eight games left last night with eight games left last night? It's a little uh, peculiar, uh, a little strange that your highest paid guy in Christian Yelich is put on the bench. Going into the game, Yelich was one for 26 in his last seven games. He was not in the lineup. Now, Jose Quintana is a lefty. Brewers can't really hit lefties. But Council said, quote, there's no health issue. We're just giving him the day off to try to reset him a little bit for the last seven games. He's available to play, so I shouldn't say he's a, I got the full day off. And he did come in and work the walk in the eighth. But Council said, I think we're trying to get the best out of him for just taking a day, a mental reset, to get him for the next seven. And then Craig was asked, was it a tough call at this late in the stage as you're a game and a half out at the time, eight games remaining? Was it tough to put him on the bench? He says, no, it's what we had to do. How much money does he make again, Rowdy? Nearly $27 million a year. There was eight games left last night. Now, I know the Brewers won and moved within a half game of the Phillies because the Phillies lost again to the Cubs. Thank you, Cubs. In what universe do you sit your $27 million man with a playoff push with eight games to go? I'm actually torn on this. And the reason being is, on the surface... It is incredibly soft. And the fact that Craig Council can come out and say, no, it was easy to make this decision. You're telling me that in a pennant race where you are, are trying to make the postseason, trying to make the playoffs to win a World Series, at least that's what you claim, you are resting players or not pushing players when you have to win games. Yesterday, I told you and Ben, I, this last night is a must win. If they lose that game, most people would have thought, the odds thought, Philly had a really good shot at winning against the Cubs. You would have fallen out, and with the limited number of games, it would have been just incredibly tough to climb back from. Yep. You're resting some with players that are supposed to be some of your better players. Christian Yelich, obviously the one you're talking about there. But the reason why I'm torn on that, Ebo, is because, honestly, not having Christian Yelich playing out in the field and in the lineup might make them better. He was one for 26 going into the game. Exactly. In his, in his last seven He's games. been struggling hardcore. At one point, didn't he get up to close to the mid two sixties when he, when he got up to his height for batting average? Yes. And he's kind of been in a free fall since, like you just said, one for his last nearly 30 mm-hmm. falling back down to the lower two fifties. Yes. We already know that he's a negative out in the field. We know that the arm is a big time negative. That's why I'm torn on it. Like on the surface, yeah, it's 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 like that is awful. It's brutal. The fact that your 27 million dollar man, your former MVP, your I guess maybe captain of the team, is not playing down the stretch. Terrible look. Yeah. But it actually might benefit the Milwaukee Brewers, in my opinion. They did win, and they did win. But Rowdy, we were talking about. Uh, the Brewers' schedule and how it shapes up all at home, obviously, a half game back of the Phillies for that final wild card spot. And what were you talking about? The final game of the season? And 
Yeah, so the final game of the season is going to be next Wednesday. First pitch as of right now, 310 against the Arizona Diamondbacks. 310. Now, last night, obviously it was a Wednesday night. It looked like there was like, I mean, how many, how many people did it look like that? 10,000 people, max. It was empty. They claim to have 29,000. Empty. It's 29,000 sold. People actually sitting there, maybe 10. And this is in a playoff push with $6, by the way, concessions. Yeah, and Don't also forget about the concessions. it's a rivalry against the Cardinals. And it was Yadier Molina and um, Albert Pujols' night. Ceremony. They were honoring him. The Brewers were honoring both of them. Now, we were talking a little bit about the Brewers before Robbie came on. But... Yeah, do you want to say your piece now before the Razor's Edge? The We'll kind of pepper a little bit into it. The Brewers got the win. Now, it wasn't pretty. It was pretty lucky that they didn't blow that game in the seventh inning, especially with the double play that was made to get out of the inning. But the Brewers continue to stay on track here. I mean, they went three and one against the Reds over the weekend, split with the Cardinals. If you remember when we were talking about this upcoming series at the end of last week, I said they need to go three and one against the Reds, one and one against the Cardinals. They've stayed on that pace. They're still currently on my nine and four pace, which I thought was probably the bare minimum to get them into the playoffs or at least have a shot. Now you got to take care of business against the Marlins. You have a, a dead fish team in American family field for four games over the weekend. You got to take at least three out of four. Yeah. Gotta. Um, Oh, Rowdy. I listen here. I'm not going to reference. I'm not going to say who sent me the message, but we may have tickets lined up for potentially that next Wednesday. If we wanted to, I won't, I won't I'm in, especially if, if, if they're still in the playoff push, I'm in. Cause that will be hilarious. It's a three ten game for us. It's perfect. You can get your work done, get out of here in the early afternoon. And then the next thing you know, you're not there until 11 o'clock fighting traffic. Well, ask and you shall receive uh, the unnamed text. I just got very intrigued by it. Very intrigued. All right, routes. We got ourselves. I just have one thing because I said I would never do it. I won't buy anything from the concessions. Well, do you get the $6 voucher with it? You can get a bottle of water. I won't buy any memorabilia or concessions or drinks. I saw our guy Johnny Danger from 94 and JJO. He went last week, and he's at the pro shop, and I think there was a jersey for $480-something. Like, it's like, the, like, like what the what they wear wear, you know what I'm saying? He's He didn't buy it. He about fainted when he saw it. But, yeah, if you want to drop some coin, I don't know who would buy that, but... At this point, I don't even think I would spend $480 on a signed Yelich jersey. Game worn. Would you, would you spend $4.85? Uh, line two, good morning. Uh, this is Pete from Monona. Ah, hey, Pete, what's going on, man? Hello, Pete. Uh, hi, Ben. <laughs> I, I called for you. Yes, thank you, Pete. Thank you. Yeah. Do we need, do we need uh, some like soft, gentle music in the background? Yeah, I need help. Well, no, I, 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 I'm more inspirational today. Oh. I mean, yeah, I... You, you and Nelson, you know, you're, you're both kind of down in the dumps, but he, he deals with it differently. Nel, Nelson is the, the kid who, uh, fell in love with a girl and when they were in daycare, you know, and then he waited all his life and finally asked her out to the junior prom and she said no. And he just says he's through with love. He's never going to fall again. 
Now his but love you, has turned to anger. But 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 you you're different. You know when <laughs> when when I think of when I think about you, I think about Annie. You know the the cartoon strip from the from the from the uh, depression. Yep. I you know. know. Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm still yes. listening. I'm just Continue. laughing. Annie. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, I think of you. You know, and 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 uh, I went to see Annie on Broadway in 1978. It was like the first show on Broadway I saw, and and the star of the show was uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. She was really? 13 years old. Yeah, right. She she didn't have any uh, implants, no Botox. The you know it was her nose. <laughs> And it was her first starring role. She was 13 years old. And and then she sang this song for you. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Just thinking about tomorrow wipes away the sadness and the sorrows till there's none. When I think of a day that's gray and lonely, I just stick out my chin and grin and say, oh, the sun will come out tomorrow, but you gotta hang on till tomorrow, come what may. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're always a day away. And I don't want to, and I don't want to leave out our Spanish-speaking friends. Manana, 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 you're always a day away. Pete, mucho gusto, muchísimo. Pete, that was, that was a phone call of all phone calls, Pete. Thank you, well, sir. Well, you know, well just done. One of many, Pete. Thank you, you. Are, you are a you're a national treasure. I love you, Pete. I don't think I'm deserving of Pete. Ugh, I don't want to hang up with you, but we love you, Pete. Ode. See you, buddy. Okay, so long. Yeah, that was good luck following that up. Line three. Hey, evil. Hey, Ron. Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, hey. After, after tonight. The Brewers are going to have the lead in that last wild card spot. Russ, Russ, we, serious? Weren't you just? Did you just listen to Ben? He's like he needs therapy. He's from Philadelphia. He's about. To, he's on like suicide watch right now with the Phillies. He looks disheveled, and then you got to come rub it in his face, Ron. I love right. it. I love it, Ron. Yeah, the Brewers. The Brewers are going to make the playoffs. So. Ron, say it one more time for those in the back, Ron. One more time. The Brewers are going to make the playoffs. Thank you, Ron. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go, Ronnie. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Right. Let's see, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to mute my microphone before How do you, I say dangerous here, things. Here's my, I love Ron, but here's my question. How do you sit? Because he sat on hold that whole Pete call. How do you sit on hold that whole call and hear Pete sing Annie and then just come stone cold like, hey, Ebo. Brewers are going to make the playoffs. That's I mean, awesome. He and I'm sure I'll many you, out there are reveling in my sadness and mental state. Uh, this would also, well, this is Jay-Z's Hard Knock Life, but it's a hard knock life for Ben. It's a hard knock life for Phillies fans. We miss playoffs. We get beat by the Cubs. 
Man, isn't a hard knock life? So, there's a good analogy. Pete, I, I was kind of singing there too. Yesterday. It's being a Phillies fan, and I'm sure you can tie this to the Packers as well, is like being that weather person that has to go on site in the middle of a hurricane. Uh, you know you shouldn't do it. You look ridiculous a lot of the time. It has no impact on the actual events that go on, and there is a non-zero percent chance it will kill you. And speaking of chances, that's funny, Ben. But speaking of chances, Rowdy, what are... Yeah, I pulled up DraftKings just to see where the two teams were at. This is just an unnecessary comment. So not too long Please, ago, I, the Brewers were down in the upper 20s, hard knock life, low man. 30s. And since everything that's occurred in roughly the last week, it is now the Phillies have a 55% chance to make it in. Brewers at 45. That's surprisingly high for the Phillies. They're dead. We get beat. Well, give it a, give it a couple more we days. I'm sure it'll beat. change. Do the, do the Brewers have any more legends of the game to celebrate so they can win? Uh, Don, er, I'm sure they can dust off Robin Yount. Yeah. Paul Molitor. Uh, let's see here. The Phillies need to start bringing they back. They can celebrate the two- Don Mattingly. The Marlins are coming in. Phillies need to start bringing back the 2009 team that lost in the World Series to really get back in the playoffs, I guess. Hey. Ben, if the Phillies miss, here's what's going to happen for the Brewers. They'll they've already missed. It's over in my mind. You still own the tiebreaker. I don't. It doesn't. They're matter. a half game up the without team, the, and then tiebreaker. You're a game and a half. The we team are going to know completely dead. Exactly where we all stand when we come back on Monday. I'm telling you that four game series in in Washington is going to be huge. Four I, I games. Mean, all in the three games days. are huge. There are eight games left in the season. You need a hug. But that, the fact they've lost think, four in a row and nine of twelve. I very well collapsing. think. You guys could go two and two against the Nats, and then you would really be crying. Two of those games are being changed, postponed. Now, at the end of Annie, the at the end of Annie, it all works out for her, if I remember correctly. I haven't seen Annie. Oh. When I think of this song, A, I think of Jay Z's music video, and B, I think of Austin oh, the Powers, Powers Gold Member. Gold Member. Of, of Dr. Evil yes, and, 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 and Mini Me rapping into Clink. Yes. <laughs> ben, do you need a hug? I'll send Rowdy in there real quick, give you a hug. We'll see at 425 today. Are we going to be I think you're gonna need meeting a hug. back here at 9 o'clock between all of us and the Brewers have a half game lead? Here's what here's what will happen. Ben, uh, Kenny and Halpern at Monks and Sun Prairie tonight. I'll have Zach, Zach Halpern, a not a hugger. But I'll make it a work requirement that he's got to hug you once the Phillies get swept by the Cubs today, okay? I'm just excited I get to talk about a really successful team, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the mic track.